Warning, this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Due to the graphic nature, listener discretion is advised. Welcome from wherever you are. This is The Demon Inside with your host, John Venom. If you want to review a different episode of The Demon Inside, you can find them on Spotify or Anchor. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. A new episode will come out every Monday. And now, to our show. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Demon Inside. Downright disturbing moments caught on camera. A couple gets run over by this driver right here in a Glendale neighborhood. We're not showing you that full video. It is absolutely too gruesome, stopping it there. But tonight, we do know that that driver is in jail. The couple's still in the hospital. ABC 15's Christine Stanwood has more. To be in your own neighborhood and see something like that to innocent people is just... Unreal. Linda Gorley has lived in this home for 50 years. What happened Monday morning down her street strikes a nerve. To know that somebody was on the street, and I felt like he was almost stalking them. He was so slow. It wasn't normal. A ring doorbell video capturing this dark gray GMC truck following a couple just after 7.30. You can just take a glimpse of them, but you could see that they were walking, and he's still following them to the corner. Seconds later, in separate footage, the couple is seen walking down the sidewalk when suddenly the driver of the truck, 49-year-old Refugio Torres, speeds up and barrels into the woman. The impact sending her shoe airborne. Torres then drives off. It was bad enough to see him hit the first go round, but what, to know that he turned around and came back, it was like, what in the world is going on? The man tries to run away, then the truck slams into him through a home's brick wall. You can see his leg in the rubble. Neighbors are seen calling 911, coming to help the two. Meanwhile, Phoenix police finding Torres at a home down the street. Court documents say Torres told police he was having issues with his brain. The devil told him to kill three people. By the way, the male victim said that Torres was uh, started following the two from a nearby strip mall just down the street. And that, as you just saw, matched up with Linda's video. As for those victims' conditions, at last check, Phoenix police says that that male victim still has a broken leg, has broken ribs. And that female victim who was seen lying there in the gravel, she does have a brain bleed uh, and is still in serious condition, not even able to speak. In Glendale, Christine Sandwood, ABC 15, Arizona. Hello, my Demon Insiders, and welcome back to The Demon Inside. I'm your host, John Venom, and today we're going to be talking about Refugio Barraza Torres. So there's not much on this case because it actually just happened in February of this year. And uh, But I wanted to do it because of the Beatrice Bujo. Uh, case that I did the last time and so like I explained some time ago what I like to do is try to find two of the same so that you have a pattern that uh, I think are demons 
what I'm going to do is go ahead and talk to you about refugio, and then from there I'll talk to you about patterns that I see and everything else. And so there's really not that much about him, but there is, like you heard on the news feed, that he did run over two people. He actually ran over one, went past her, came back and hit the mail, and actually drove right through the wall to get to him. Uh, he, after he got caught, he told people that the devil told him to do it. The devil told him to kill three people. So when the police asked him, he said that he thinks he did it. Other than him being 49 years old, I really don't know anything else. I know that he was taking pills, but they haven't said what kind of pills. Uh, they said that he, he said to the police that he wasn't in his right mind. And as we remember with Beatrice Bijo, uh, she said the same thing. She um, was taking pills. She was sick. And the demons told her to kill people, to run over people. So this guy and her could possibly be the same demon. Now, for me to find that one specific demon is almost impossible. You know, when you're looking for a serial killer and you're following the leads that you have, or you're following the, um, the cases where they both look similar or the same, you still need a lot more information before you can decide who the killer is and catch them. So with this, it's kind of hard to really be specific on a demon. And I know I've been doing that a lot lately where it's kind of hard to find the demon. But I will try to go back and do other stories that I can find a specific demon and name them. I've also been wanting to talk about these possessions that happen because when you are possessed, a lot of people sometimes lose time. They don't remember what happened. And a lot of these stories, when I talk about them, a lot of these people say they don't know what's going on. Then there's others that have said that when they're, they were possessed, they could see it. But it was almost like they were far away from it. Or they could see it happening and there's nothing they could do about it. To me, I don't know which is worse. If forgetting time and waking up with your hands bloody or watching it happen and you not being able to do anything about it. For instance, take Anison Johnson and uh, Rudy Eugene where these two guys were really possessed by some demon or dog or something that started charging uh, people and eating them. And it got to the point where they were both shot and killed. You know, this, if you can imagine watching through your own eyes and seeing the police officers raise their weapons and not being able to stop them, not being able to stop yourself, not being able to say, hey, you know, help me. 
it's a really disturbing image to have. I believe that when these demons are in you, I think there's still a fragment of you in there. Maybe you can see, maybe you can't, but when you're not given 100% over to the demon, then the demon can't control you 100%, which means there's still you inside of there, which means you could still push them out. That's how exorcisms are done. Exorcisms are done through you forcing the demon out of yourself and the priest is a vessel through which Jesus Christ uses to get them out through God. And when you do that, you know, that you're this vessel to these demons, if you acknowledge that you are, you know, um, sometimes a lot of people don't want to admit that they are. They don't believe it. You know, they figure they just pass out or they went to sleep or whatever, whatever. And the thing is, is that when you think that way, these demons, they take possession and they don't release. And when you invite a demon in, these demons like to make a home. They make a nest in you pretty much. And they're not going anywhere until you decide that you have to get them out. And a lot of times, by that time, it's super, super hard to do that because the demons have the rights that you've given them to be inside of you. So let's talk about, uh, and I know this is kind of going of what I usually do because usually I talk about these cases. But like I said, there's not a lot to this case with Rafuyo Torres. Because, like I said, he said that he told the cops that there was three demons, or that the, he, there was demons talking to him, telling him to kill three people. And that's pretty much all I have. And that's, like, more current. Like I said, it's been a few months. And, you know, if you look it up on YouTube, you could probably see the video of the people. I mean, they don't show where they're getting hit, but you could see what's going on there. And I really do feel sorry for these people because all they were doing was walking around in the morning, uh, getting their morning walk done. And this guy's pretty much stalking them. And you can see him on some of the cameras, doorbell cameras and, and cameras from houses where he's really driving slow and takes the turn and he's following them. And the man is actually on the street. The woman is on the sidewalk and he jumps the curve in his big truck and rams into her first. Then while the man comes back to help her, he turns around at the end of the corner and comes back and he sees the man and the man notices that he's coming back to get him. So he runs away trying to jump over a wall. But before he could do that, this truck smashes into the wall and runs him over. And as he's backing out, the tire from his truck falls off and he drives away a few blocks and he's at a house, which they haven't said if it's his house or somebody else's house. I'm assuming it's on the side. It's probably just some random house that he ended up at. But uh, they they go there and they arrest him. And he says that he's not right in the head and that the demons told him to do this. 
So let's think about this for a minute because this guy woke up in the morning, got dressed, you know, had to, um, got his keys, went to his truck. I don't know if he ate breakfast or not, but we're talking about eight in the morning. Jumped in his truck, started driving around, found two victims that he thought were right to do this because right now, as of right now, they don't know if there's any type of way that they knew each other. So this was completely at random. And he goes, sees them, stalks them from a store, from a little convenience store, down to the the road where he runs them over. What would cause him to do this if it wasn't butt possession? We'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Demon Inside. Because think logically about this. I mean, first you have to know that you're going to get caught. You're running over people that you don't know. You're not upset. You know, uh, I know that his family said that he was taking pills, but they would have said if he was upset. I mean, I'm pretty sure they would have reported that. So he was not upset. He was not uh, in debt. He was not, from what I can tell, you know, he just all of a sudden decided to run these people over. What's the motive of that? You're not stealing. You're not, uh, you know, doing revenge. Uh, This isn't a, you know, serial killer thing. I mean, he used his own truck. I mean, you have to know that you're going to get caught. And for him to say that these demons told him to kill. Now, let's get into that, too, because I've talked about this before. And what I believe is when a demon takes you over, it's usually because you're either mentally unstable, you're an alcoholic or a drug addict, or you're into the occult or you've just had this thing in you this whole time when you accept it. Now, a lot of people have been talking about this, and as I have too, um, I believe that you have to allow these things into you. They can't just jump in you. And somewhere down the line, you've wanted for something, or you've needed something, or you've felt despair or dread or fear or something that you decided you needed help with. And maybe in your own mind, you didn't think that this was an evil spirit. Maybe you thought it was a child. Maybe as a child, you saw another child and you invited this child into your home. Because children have a way of looking at things very innocently And I, for one, don't believe that children are allowed by God to stay here as ghosts. So whenever you hear something as a child, it's usually a demon. Or not usually, I take that back, it is a demon. I don't 
think that God would allow a child to have his soul roaming this earth with no way of getting home. These children are everything to God. And before you start saying, well, why does God let children die? Here's my take on this. God doesn't allow anybody to die. We allow each other to die. We have medications. We have the right to buy a gun, not buy a gun, be violent, not be violent. We have the right to do whatever we want, and yet we choose half the time to do the wrong thing. Sometimes, and I hate to say this, but a child is born sick, and sometimes it's for the best that that child is taken away. And I know that sounds kind of asso-ish, but there's a lot of problems in this world where a child might not have a brain stem, and he will never ever feel like anything. He might be suffering for the rest of his life. He might be, his life might not even last. And the thing is, is that whatever we do, how we do it, whatever we take, our faith is always on the line. And a lot of people, once they feel like they've tried everything medically and they tried everything spiritually, then they start doing the occult. They start doing you know, the energy, the, the energy from around us and trying to cast something that shouldn't be casted. When you're desperate, when you're in dire need, you know, you have to really know that God and Jesus Christ's name is going to take care of you. Whether you want it that way or not, that's not your choice. It's the way God wants it, and that's how it goes. And I don't mean to be preachy on this because I'm usually not, but, you know, when you're talking about demons, you have to get a little bit on the spiritual side because these things enter you in many different ways, and it's not just a Ouija board. A Ouija board, you know, people have put so much thought into that thing that... Sure, it could be a doorway to the other side, but you as a person are making that happen. Items don't make things happen like that. You make it happen by believing in it so much that you're going to invite these things in. And when you do that, you might not be inviting what you think. You might be inviting a demon. So the ways that you can tell when you're possessed, and maybe not you specifically, but maybe one of your, somebody else, is that they will know things that they have no possible way of knowing. So let's say you have a middle name that you've never told anybody about, and they call you by that name, and they know that's your name. That's something that they know that you never told them. That's one. Second way is by supernatural strength. Demons give them, give their possessed power. 
And we've talked about that. We've talked about how Austin Haroff fought the police and fought the dog off of him. And the dog bit him several times and he just pushed the dog away like nothing. You know, we've talked about how uh, these guys, they rush the police and the police have to shoot them. And they're screaming, you know, at the top of their lungs. And we've talked about uh, one of the naked man syndrome a while back where this one naked man kept jumping off the second floor. Kept jumping, kept jumping, kept jumping. Nothing happened until the police got there and they freaked out and they shot and killed him. Then you have the other one where the guy breaks, man, you got to look at that video where the guy breaks the uh, back part of the vehicle with his head. He's naked. He's running in a parking lot, goes in through the woman's car window, falls. She drives away, pushes him out. He likes gids on the ground and gets up like nothing happened. We talked about the twins from Sweden that were hit by trucks and they got up and it was like nothing. So those are two ways of demon possession. And the third way to tell if somebody is possessed is if they speak a different language. So a lot of people might not know this, but demons have spoken languages from Mesopotamian times. I mean, these are dead languages that people don't even know about anymore, and they speak it fluently. Now, there are some uh, mental disabilities that happen where maybe they had an accident and the brain changed. And I don't understand this myself, but sometimes they'll start talking German or French or something that they've never talked about. And I don't know how they would do that if they've never studied those words before. But with demon possession, they will start speaking in a different language completely. And sometimes I think a lot of this gets confused with speaking in tongues. Because people say that the Holy Spirit flows through them. Well, God isn't going to put the Holy Spirit in you. He is not here to possess you. You are here to possess yourself. It's your spirit inside of you. I mean, you could feel the grace of God around you. You could feel the peace within you. But He is not going to send something inside of you because He does not want to possess you. He is not a demon. God is not a demon. God wants you to be you. We have that choice. I've always felt that when people try to do exorcisms, that they are becoming kind of a Ouija board type of deal. When you start speaking the word that you're possessed and when you're not possessed, I think that that demon will come and actually possess you. And that's a very dangerous thing that people do. I know that Catholicism has been doing exorcisms for a lifetime. And a lot of the 
different denominations eventually go back to a Catholic priest to do exorcisms. So lately, what I've been doing is trying to do research on everything and these demons, which I started listening to the exorcist files. And this is a really, really interesting show. It's with a priest who actually does exorcisms. And if you get a chance, you got to listen to it. I have it on my... um, iHeart podcast and that also on I guess other podcasts as well like um, Spotify if you get a chance and if you don't don't get too scared because this thing kind of frightened me too they talk about demon positions how they become demons how they get rid of them it's a very interesting and they do it in a perspective of like a story so it kind of keeps you involved and uh, I know it's fairly new and it only has a few episodes but I highly suggest you listen to it and uh, it gives you a different perspective of what possession is because there's a lot of people out there that you might not think are possessed but they are And these things, when they sit inside of you and they nest, they're going to nest for your entire life. And they're going to take you at the end of that lifetime. And to us, that seems like a very long time away. But to them, it's really no time at all. They can wait. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. See you all next week. Don't forget to subscribe to The Demon Inside on Spotify, Anchor, or any other podcast directory or through our website, anchor.fm backslash The Demon Inside. A new episode of The Demon Inside comes out each Monday. Let us know what you think and join the conversation on our Demon Inside Facebook page and on Instagram. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join me next Monday for a new Demon Inside. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends. I'm John Venom. We'll see you next time, if I don't get possessed. The Demon Inside was created and written by James Porter. It's a production of Venomous Entertainment. Theme music, Demon Inside, is on the album Conjure One by Reese Fulber. Background music was created by Lucas Keith.